everybody. This is the Trumpet of Truth podcast. It's been quite some time since we've uh, had an episode release. Um, it's been a very busy season of our lives. I've decided it would be a good idea to coach varsity baseball this spring with <laughs> how busy I already am. Why not throw something else on my plate? Um, but it's finally over with, and um, it taught me a lot. It was fun. I enjoyed it. There's a lot of things that I enjoyed about it, but um, yeah, we've just been really busy with that and um, raising our two boys and our full-time jobs, our full-time <laughs> jobs, and um, started racing again here about a month or so ago, a month and a half ago. And not an excuse. Not an excuse. Not an excuse. We're just but kind just, of explaining our life to you. Yeah, just been we've been doing more chasing mm-hmm. than uh, than anything else lately. Mm. All right. Allie made some coffee for us, so <laughs> we're gonna burn the midnight hour tonight. <clears throat> In all seriousness, though, we're gonna do a little reading out of Acts chapter five. Um, before we do that, let's do some uh, table talk. Table talk. Yeah. So, why don't you uh, do that one last? Okay. Okay. The first one is a icebreaker card. It says, "Which Bible translation do you use, and why?" KJV. Explain. Um, yeah, I like reading the King James Version. Um, it's the oldest version that we have, oldest English version that we have, and it's we uh, we went to a, we attended a class in college that was a New Testament class and um, learned a lot about the different translations. And the King James is actually the closest to the Codex Sinaiticus, which is the yeah. oldest living version Full of the Bible. Version of Bi- yeah. yeah, and um, it's. As far as the uh, easy to read in literal scale, if you've ever seen that, as far as translations goes, the King James is pretty hard to read. Yeah, but it's very literal because um, it's very old English. It is, mm-hmm. but it's very poetic, which that's one of the reasons I like it too. Yeah, yeah. and um, most pastors too, when they um, recite anything out of the Bible from memory, a lot of times it's from King James because it's because it's easier what they were taught to, in. Yeah, right? it's easier to memorize when it's that poetic. Um, we also read a little out of ESV, um, English standard version. Yep. ESV, yeah. English standard version. Um, our pastor, Mark Williams kind of got us turned on ESV. And also in college, we learned that ESV was fairly easy to read while also being fairly literal too. Yeah. Um, so it's not a bad version. Um, if you're new to the faith or new to reading the Bible, um, it's probably a version I'd recommend just because it can kind of get you started and, and get your understanding there and kind of the, the concrete blocks to building knowledge in the Bible. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of people, reading doesn't come easy to them and there's no shame in that. Like reading's hard sometimes. And so if you're wanting to dig more into the Bible, you, oh, you might start there because Old Testament, yeah. King James can be, can be much sometimes, yeah, yeah. but we like King James. I, you know, I was kind of raised in it, but I've, I've read other versions. Um, I do not recommend the NIV. I do not recommend, <laughs> what's the one your mom has read before that you turned her off of? What was that called? Uh, the, the message. The message Bible. Yeah. yeah, that's. Because those are just, that's literal people's interpretations of the Bible and paraphrasing right. of the Bible. It's not the and Bible. And it's not even in, like even close to being in order, is it either? Well, so there was a different Bible that also was like in order chronologically in order instead of 
you know, yeah. the way that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, you know. Oh, they would put like Psalms and Proverbs and stuff like that and other passages yeah. in the middle of, pa- okay. Yeah, I it was chronological, saying. yeah. Yeah, it'd be a little confusing. Anyway, but. we're getting off track, but KJV, ESV, those are both great. Yeah. Those are what we NIV recommend. NIV is pretty well, I, you know, it's, it's not something I'd recommend. There's a lot of discrepancies and translations with that thing. So anyway, uh, next question. Next question is an interpretation. What does contentment look like to you? Um, I feel like that one's pretty self-explanatory. Contentment is just like being okay and accepting what you have mm-hmm. and your lot and your it, role. It's an easy one to explain, but it's a very hard one to carry out. <laughs> For sure. I, I struggle a lot with not being content. I, I'm a busybody. I always like to have a project or be doing something. And it's one of my struggles to just be content with what the Lord has given us. And it's, it really takes a lot of trust in God's plan because, I mean, you can look at contentment in the small everyday things of just being happy where you're at, but you can also, contentment can be like big scale plans. Like we have, you know, plans to buy a house and plans to do, you know, things for our future. And sometimes you just have to be content where you're at and trust Mm -hmm. that God has a plan later on down the road. And and sometimes you're not, um, mature enough or whatever the reason is you're just not ready to take on more and so god will keep you at less Mm -hmm. until you're ready to handle more so you have to be content with what you've been given you have Mm -hmm. to accept it and be okay with it so because that's where god wants you and it's like it always it it, and the 100 goes back to the trust factor yeah yeah you you have have to trust to to be content you have to trust where you're at and why you're there and yeah being content all is in God. You have to be content in the Lord. And that will bring you contentment throughout your yeah, life. And, how, <laughs> and, and one may ask, well, how do I, how can I get to a place of being content? Mm-hmm. Um, well, one, you have to build a trust with God that no matter what you're going through, where you've been, what's happened, you know, he's got a plan for you and it's a specific plan just for you. And he wants you where you're at yeah. at that time. Mm-hmm. And you have to build that trust. And second, I would just say, Man, just dive into his word and and pray more. And look and, at all of the promises that he fulfilled right. within and his word. Once you have that knowledge of what God has done for all these people in the Bible and yeah. what he says he's gonna do for you later on. Yeah, you have a lot more trust. Yeah, you have more of an understanding plan. of why you should trust him. Yep. So I I just thought of this. I think if you struggle with contentment or trust in the Lord, I challenge you to just kind of maybe write down the last 10 years of your life, you know, big decisions that you've made, things that have happened in your life. And that will kind of start to show you a timeline of where God has fulfilled every promise that he's made to you. He's opened doors and shut doors. And in the grand scheme of things, he's led you to where you are because of all those little minute mm-hmm. things. So well, take a I, look back. <laughs> I kind of struggle with this contentment with my job, Yeah, you know, a year or two ago. Because sometimes I get motivated by money, which is not good. Yeah. Because we shouldn't be motivated by money. I mean, obviously money helps you, but that shouldn't be your driving motivation to, to want to do better in life. Mm-hmm. So, Because it'll always leave you wanting more. It made me feel lesser of a dad and of a husband because I wasn't making as much money as I as I thought I had. Should be, or ha- as much as I should. thought I should be. Yeah. And um, so I was like looking for their jobs and just kind of going crazy, but then... Sometimes I just need a dally to be like, hey, dude, um, you've got really good benefits <laughs> with your job. Um, we had two kids for less than $3,000. <laughs> you work less than six minutes away from the, your Yeah, work we, you work and... six minutes away, and you work in the county that you live in. 
And you're gonna be home every night. And, like, yeah. So I mean, wherever and, you're at, there's tons of positives to look at to get you. Yeah. So you have to just be reminded of like, you know, mm-hmm. God's plan is perfect, and He wants you where you're at. Yep. Yep. Ooh, long anyway, story short, yep. on that one. <laughs> the last one that we're gonna do tonight is: Do you believe people must go to physical churches, or can an online church be a good substitute? I feel like that question wouldn't even be relevant if COVID wouldn't happen. <laughs> I know. It's funny that it's in this thing. It must have been created after, after 2020. COVID, yeah. <laughs> guaranteed. Guaranteed. Did this box come from China? <laughs> All right. Um, well, it's funny because before that, like online church, I I mean. I never dabbled in it. No. Not, not at all. It wasn't really much of a thing. But So here's the thing about church. Jesus said where two or more are gathered and my word is being preached, there I am in the midst. He's talking about like anytime the word is being preached or talked about and there's fellowship and there's worship of him. He's there. He's, he's there. The and that's church. Yeah. Um, so should people, do you believe people must go to a physical church? I don't think it has anything to do with a building or yeah. a tent mm-hmm. or a place. Right. It's people. It's, it's worship. It's God's word that makes church, not a building. Right. That being said, a fellowship and a place to meet makes that easier. Yeah. And it, it also can help you through all of life's challenges is have, you know, having that group of people to worship God with. But with that being said, like, that's not the main thing. You right. don't, you like, don't go to church just to build relationships. Be, you go there to worship God. Because sometimes God. a fancy building and screens and, and lights and fog machines and good music can kind of take what church is supposed to be and make it more like a coffee drinking club. Yeah. And that's not what it's supposed to be about. Right. But that, you know, that appeals to a lot of people because it's what they like. Right. And especially it appeals to non-believers or people who aren't really rooted in the word because they go there for their coffee, their friends and good music. Right. And a a show. And we have to be really careful because that American church is far too American and not not enough enough church. church. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. So, Yes, physical church is good, but a must go. I I don't yeah. I don't agree with that. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that's sound biblical Theology. logic. Yeah. So um, now, can online church be a good substitute? So the question kind of seems like if they the already an- answered they the already first answered part. the first part. <laughs> yeah. By saying, "Well, is online a good substitute?" Yeah. Um, Again, you know, it's kind of the same answer where two more are gathered and my name is being preached and my and you're worshiping me, there I'd be. Yeah. So if if you are sick, if you um for our ex- our example, like we really enjoy this church and we attended online for two and a half years, not because COVID, not because we're scared, not because we're sheep, but because it's seven and a half hours away <laughs> and we couldn't get there every right. Sunday. You can't drive seven and a half hours every Sunday with two little kids. Right. So gas being eight dollars a gallon. So. I think I, I wouldn't focus on which that church we still type to and we still watch every oh, Sunday yeah, and yeah. every Wednesday. We still we still love GVBC. Yeah, <laughs> we're still all about that. So, but um, if you're kind of in that same situation, like I definitely think you shouldn't do online because of COVID or if mm-hmm. anything else that's that stupid. Like you should go to a place if if your heart is in church, you need to be in church. Yeah. Yep. And you shouldn't substitute with online for those. And it's definitely reasons. it's it's uplifting. It's a good place to start your week out, worshiping Jesus and but hearing His word. It is hard to find a good place to get plugged into and to yeah. to get on board with because, like you said, the American church is far too American yeah. and not enough church. 
in there's there's churches that are just like there's like two types of church, churches that I, that I see and the, we don't really see the the other one that I'm gonna talk about but the, the main two you see are like the churches that have like maybe 30 to 50 people attend every Sunday mm-hmm. and they're all in their like 60s and 70s and 80s <laughs> most of them 90 percent but on their their uh, membership records oh we've got 700 members yeah okay well 40 attend every week yeah so that's your first church then you have the other church that say they have a couple hundred members you know that actually go there physically a week and they are just so full of like coffee and donuts (laughs) and feel good and prosperity gospel that it's just like you know jesus you know in revelation they'll puke that church out of his mouth yeah you know so in my opinion, those are the two types of churches that kind of dominate the country right now. Mm-hmm. The old dry church. You see that a lot in rural communities. Yeah, small town communities especially. And then you have like the bigger churches that they're oops, more focused oops, on oops, oops. like making you feel good and not necessarily telling you the truth. Telling you the truth. Yeah. They may be full of life and youth, yeah. but they're not full of spirit. And sound and, biblical and teaching. sound biblical truths, you know. So those are the two that dominate. And if if you struggle with finding something that, you know, is sound theology, it's good preaching, it's and spiritually it's meeting your needs. And yeah, and it's, and it's spiritual. It's not dry. Yeah. It's alive. What is that pastor said? Church is alive, it's worth the drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if, if you're struggling to find that and you found something online that meets those needs, then yeah, that, that's, that's a great. good thing if it, if it grows you and it matures you in the word and increases your faith and and uh, keeps you going. And I think that's a, a great thing. I agree. And it's, it's really cool that we live in a time where you can just get on the internet and yada, 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 boom. Got yeah, you don't up. have to go to the church right down the road because there's so many options for you out there. So, so find hear the, the word. Yeah. yeah. So find the one that fits you the best, no matter yeah, if that's one grows you. Or, yeah. I, think, I think that's the answer. Whatever, uh-huh. whatever grows you in the word, grows you spiritually. Closer to God. Deepens your faith in the Lord Jesus. Makes you want to read your Bible more, fellowship more, and, and just be more like Jesus and less like yourself. That's the church you ought to follow. Makes your heart. Whether it's online, open. physical, maybe something that you just get together with four or five people every week and whatever it is. Yep. So, yep. All right. So, those were our table talks. Okay. Um, so, let's just get into the reading. Uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter five, mm-hmm. New Testament book. This is the book directly after the. Gospels. Matthew, um, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, Mark, Acts. Luke, and John. Yep. Acts and is the act of the Acts of the Apostles. And the whole narrative of this book is basically to spread the word of God, get the early church up and running. Yeah. So this is after Jesus has been crucified, buried, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. Ascended to heaven. Gave them the commission and then yep. ascended. They're carrying so, out the commission. In chapter five, I'm not going to develop the whole chapter. I'm going to start the reading in about 28 until the end of the chapter. But before we start reading, I'm going to kind of develop it a little bit for you and just broadly speaking. Yeah. So you know the context. So what's happened right now is um, Peter and some other apostles, they have gone into Jerusalem to the temple to, to teach and to preach. And they were healing people and casting out evil spirits mm-hmm. and preaching the word of God and telling them all things there was to know about Jesus and what he had done. And, the high priest and a, a sect of Sadducees were filled with indignation, which was jealousy, and they arrested him. 
They put hands on the apostles and put them in prison. But an angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple for all the people and all the words of this life. So he tells them to go back to the temple to preach the word of God and to mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing. Yep. Even though the authorities just arrested him and threw him in prison. <laughs> so they leave. They go back to the temple. Well, the uh, high priest and his captain send some uh, other people of the, the council down to get Peter and the apostles out of prison to bring them before the council to Judge decide what they're going to do. Yeah. They go down there, and the prison's empty. And they're like, hey, we locked this thing up. You know, We put people outside, some guards, and they're gone. <laughs> Well, they check back up in the temple, and there they are teaching and preaching again. <laughs> so, um, let's just get right here into 27. Chapter 5. Chapter 5. Verse well, it'll be 26. Sorry, we're going to go 26. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. So, they went and they, they got the apostles, and they brought them to the... Um, uh, Brought the yeah they so they, they bring them to the council because they they didn't want to uh, do it in front of the do it people. in front of the people because mm-hmm. they feared they was gonna get stoned, and so and when they brought them they set them before the council and the high priest and asked them, saying, "Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us." Then Peter with the other apostles and answered him and said. We ought to obey God rather than men. Bold words. Yeah. We ought to obey God rather than men. So many people will say, oh, we should obey the government and the authorities because Roman 13 says that God has placed the authorities in that position for a reason. You ought to obey it. But Acts chapter 5 says that basically we ought to obey God rather than men because when the authorities become freaking crazy and, and buck wild and anti-God, you obey God rather than man. Yeah. Continuing. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a whole. (laughs) Yeah. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So they're almost like preaching to these guys I was going to say they're preaching the gospel. (laughs) And we are here witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. So this man named, uh, now this man named Gamaliel, he's another member of this council, an older guy. And it says, uh, when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. So when they said that, they basically said, uh, the apostles did that. This is on your hands. Mm -hmm. You guys killed Jesus. We witnessed it. And we're preaching about it. And we're preaching about it. Yeah. You're going to shut us up. Uh And that. Cut them to the bone. It says it cut them. It cut them yep. to the heart. It cut to their heart. To the heart. And that's what the truth does. <laughs> yep. And and guess what their response was? It wasn't, oh man, guys, you're right. It was, we need to kill them. Yep. <laughs> They're next. <laughs> right. We're going to kill you. Then stood up there. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. So this guy had a good reputation. He knew the law because mm-hmm. he was a Pharisee, knew it, smart guy, and he was liked among the people. Among the People People yep. liked him. 
And uh, this is what he said. And he said he was going to give the apostles, uh, put the apostles forth a little space, kind of give them a little grace, it sounds mm-hmm. like to me. Yeah. You know, kind of give them a little bit. And he said unto them, you men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. So he's saying, think about it before you before you do this to these guys. Yeah, okay? look what happened last time yeah. you tra- <laughs> when you killed Jesus. For before these days rose up, uh, how do you say that, honey? Thetis? 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 I don't know. Some of those names are hard to pronounce in yeah, the Bible. They are. Word yet. We're going to call him Thetis. Perfect. Okay. He was boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves who was slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. So basically he's saying, this guy, he boasted of himself, and he got a big you know, group of, group of people, and they all died out, and they scattered. Yeah. That movement died out. Okay? And after this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the day of the taxing and drew away much people after him, he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. Yep, so same this thing. guy died, did, and his, his movement died out. Died out. Yeah. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. Yeah. So he's saying if, it, if this is a movement of men, It'll destroy itself. Just like we've seen in Just the past. like we've seen. Yeah. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest haply you be found even to fight against God. Yeah. So he's saying, if it be of God, you ain't going to win, bucko. <laughs> and to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his shame. Wow. And daily in the temple and every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So he, they said, okay, yeah, we agree. If this is of men, it'll it'll die out. It'll kill itself. So let's just, let's just beat them. <laughs> okay. we'll tell them no more preaching and we'll let them go. And then the apostles departed and rejoiced that they got to suffer just like Jesus. Did. Yeah, that they were they were doing enough to be you know worthy to suffer worthy the to shame suffer. for His name. Yeah, how and amazing is that? Like glad you got beat. Yeah, that's awesome. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to preach Jesus Christ. Ceased not. So they're preaching, healing. They're arrested. Holy Ghost, angel, the Lord comes and says, back to the temple. You ain't done. They go back, preaching and teaching. They get arrested again. We told you not to preach and teach. (laughs) Well, yeah, but you guys killed Jesus and uh, we don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, they're let go. Yeah, they get beat. Let go. Let go. Told not to preach. And what do they do? They go right back to (laughs) preaching. Guys, you ought to obey God, not man. Man. Crazy, crazy. I've read that several times. You'd think I knew how to pronounce that fetus or fetus <laughs> guy, but I don't know how to pronounce his name. Not really good at those old tests. Or those, uh, There's a bunch biblical of biblical names. They're hard. <laughs> Just a hillbilly that can't read. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. I love, I love that passage because it's so applicable to today. Mm-hmm. What we live in, like we are told, all like our moms and dads went to school. They said the pledge of allegiance. They were able to pray before meals. Mm-hmm. They probably were even taught to some extent about Jesus Christ yeah. in school. 
Yeah. Now that's not even a thing. It wasn't a thing when we were in school. It's not even a thing now. Yeah. Oh, it's way, way not a thing. thing now. <laughs> but it's just like, how have we gone so far the other direction of that? Like, we're told we can't. Like, I'd almost guarantee that if I took my Bible to work and sat there before morning briefings and just opened it up and started reading, that maybe not my boss because he's a pretty decent fellow, but it'd probably make other people uncomfortable and yeah. maybe get me reported. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Yeah. But maybe not where I work, they, but well, maybe more like... In other workplaces, work place, for yeah. sure. Like, people look at it like it's almost like, like they hiss yeah. at it. Like, what yeah. is that? It's, it's crazy, but... You have to obey God rather than men. Mm-hmm. And they're just a perfect example of how stand firm in your beliefs, no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on. There's just so, and, so and, many. And rejoice in the suffering. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you can, and there's another passage in Matthew chapter five, the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who are persecuted for, for my name's sake. Yeah. Yep. And at the end, it says, rejoice and be glad for you were like those prophets before you, the prophets before you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, little did the disciples know at that time that we would be talking about them, you know, as if they were the Mm -hmm. prophets before us, we were, they were going to have to do what the prophets before them did. And this kind of makes me think of a lot of men, especially that I know in my life right now, that they talk a big game. Oh, I'll die for Christ. Mm -hmm. I'll, 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 I'll go to prison mm-hmm. for, for Christ, but you won't even open your Bible. Yeah. You won't go to church. You won't talk about Jesus every opportunity you get. So and we're important. all guilty of it. I'm not, that's not a word of judgment from me. It's just, you know, cause we're all guilty well, and of it's that. Speak, it's speaking from con- of conviction, you know, like mm-hmm. we, when we say stuff like this, it's not because we're judging other people, but it's because we see it in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And we, like, I would like to yeah. think that as soon as my day comes to where, it's like you're gonna die for your faith. Yeah. I pray, pray that I'm like, yeah, Holy Ghost, speak through me. I'm I'm doing this. Yeah, but we don't know. Yeah, you know, and there's that, there's a lot of big talkers that well, they have no action. Yeah, and I can be that guy too. Like I talk a lot, but sometimes I need to just keep my mouth shut and go right back to this Bible. Yeah, and read more. Well, and you know the the best way, like kind of like you say, like. We can only pray that we will be that way in that t- in our time when it comes our time potentially to die for our faith. The only way to be able to kind of know that you will do that is to read your Bible. That's the only way. <laughs> like yeah. you, you have to you know know your Bible and know the promises of God and know that that and increases your faith and increases your trust. And yeah, most people that know me will say that yeah, he's a pretty bold dude. Yeah, he'd probably do it, but I don't. You know, I hope yeah. I do because. Yeah. I'm not going to blaspheme that Holy Ghost. Nope. You know? Absolutely. Um, And to kind of add to to that is like all of the, um, all 12, well, I guess 11 besides, what's his face? Um, Judas. Mm -hmm. Out of the 11 that were left, all of those men died a martyr's death except John. Who died in exile. Uh, well, yeah, they boiled him <laughs> in oil and then sent him to an island. And that's where he wrote the book of Revelation. But, like, that could be us, mm-hmm. you know. And you have to, you know, think seriously about that because it, it, it can happen. And the Bible says in the last days it will happen. Yeah. Um, so wherever you're at, 
in your timeline of eschatology, the study of the end, end times, where you think we are in that uh, realm, I believe we're we're right there at it. And I believe that those days are are closer <laughs> than they are far away. I mean, yeah. a lot of people say, well, you Jesus freaks have been saying Jesus is coming back for 2,000 years now. Okay, well, it took him 4,000 years to show up. So The first time. I just say, well, we're 2,000 years closer than when he left. And guess what? He's coming back. <laughs> so he's coming back. So he's coming. Yeah. And the signs of the culture and, and the nation and the state of the world and the moral decline in society. Yeah, you guys have to, me, you just got to open your eyes. Like, yeah. look around us. It's and, an- and stop viewing death as a dungeon. Quit viewing the grave as a dungeon and view it as a door. I heard that the other day from Phil Robertson. Yeah. Too many people and too many Christians. Look at the grave as a dungeon, but you ought, you ought to look at it like a door because, you know, make no bones about it. We're all going to die. Yep. Death is a part of life. Everyone that's lived before you died. Yep. Everyone that's going to live after you probably going to die. Yeah. You and I are going to die. And it's a scary thought. But if you look at death like a door and not a dungeon, not a cell, then it's easier to uh, kind of put your faith in, in Christ because, you know, do you want to keep living with pulled muscles and a tired back and bad health and the the burdens of this flesh? Or do you want to be resurrected into a new body? Yeah. That's what I, I want. Christ. Yeah, I want to be resurrected into a new body, man. This bum knee got me down. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, and another thing from one of our favorite pastors that's a – really good way to look at it as well is, you know, if you're, you're born once, you're going to die twice. Mm-hmm. If you're born twice, you only have to die once. That's why I said born again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which to explain that if you're born once, which means you're born of a, of a natural birth uh, yeah. from your, from your mom and you're not born again into the salvation of Jesus Christ. Of you the will, spirit, John chapter three, you will die twice. You will die in your flesh flesh and you will die in your spirit. You will be cast into the lake of the fire. And that's scary guys. That's scary. Yeah, this flesh death is nothing compared mm-hmm. to that spiritual death. It's forever. It's forever. It's infinite. It's infinite. Just as much as, you know, we will be in, I am confident that I will be in heaven with my Lord and Savior, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Those people that don't accept him will be in the lake of fire forever. Yep. Forever. Revelation 20 and 21. Check it out. Yep. You know, God will wipe the tears away from our eyes. Always wiping those tears away because we just watched loved ones, friends, family members. People that we loved, yeah. Look at us and they, and say, "Why didn't you tell me about mm-hmm. Jesus? Why didn't you help me? Why didn't you help me be saved? Why couldn't you gather me into what you were doing?" I saw you every now. Day. Yeah, I'm going to hell forever. Yep. You could have done something, you coward. Yep, and that's going to shake you. Mm-hmm. So it shook me. Yeah, it shakes me like it. it yeah, it, it, it gets me tore from the floor right now just thinking about it because oh. I think about family and I think about close friends and I think about people that that are good people but they just can't get there and you don't want they to can't. it's not that they can it's they're not they're there not yet. they're not there yet. right and we get so caught up in wanting to be liked and worried about you know what people may think of us instead of just telling them like hey we were born dead in our sins you need to be born again repent yeah. and trust Jesus give give him your life take pick up your cross read the bible Pray fast, and that's not that's not judgment. That's, that's not, not judgment. That's that's out of love because you can you know 
You can thing, spin it any way you want. Yeah, the to things fit the of the flesh narrative. are going to pass away, but your yeah. spirit is forever. Mm-hmm. And when God casts your spirit into that lake of fire, you're done, man. You're done, Zoe. Yeah. There's nothing more I can do for you. There's nothing more God can do for you. Yeah. You've made your bed. So, you know, I and I I'm gonna try to do better than that to talk to people and to You see people every day. Yeah, to be more of a a light for the word and, and truth and, and spread Jesus more because I I just think about all the people I love that are lost. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're not lost, but they're they're like they're fence riders. You know, they they want to dive in, but they just don't. They can't. You know, they just don't want to do it. They just can't let go of the or, world. Yeah, right. There's too worldly. Jesus said, "If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of me. You're at enmity with God. I mean, you're separate. You can't be of the world and of God." And guy, that's from I mean, his like. And we just read uh, in the passage, the world told those guys, told Peter and those apostles, "Quit preaching Jesus." Yeah. And they're like, no. <laughs> we ain't gonna do it. Yeah. And so if you're going to your buddies or your brothers or your family members, whoever it is, and you're telling them Jesus, and they're like, hey, stop. No. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus told me to carry out his commission to tell everyone about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna have you looking at me wondering why I didn't do something for you. Yeah. Wondering why I I didn't reach out to you and tell you the good news. Yeah. Because it's going to it's going to shake you. I know it's going to shake me cuz I know there's tons of people that I have had missed opportunities with. Mm-hmm. That I should have said something. I should have spoke up and I should have let the Holy Spirit speak through me and I didn't cuz I was too big of a coward because I was too afraid of what someone may think of me. I was too yeah. afraid of being called a Jesus freak. I was too afraid of being called crazy or a lunatic or whatever. Yep. But you can't be a friend of the world and a friend of Jesus at the same time. Mm-hmm. So. And and you'll probably get a lot of hateful comments. You know, they might just not tell you to be quiet and stop talking about Jesus, but they might tell you that you're being a judgy Christian and not a real Christian and not, you know, what God calls us to be as Christians. But I'm here to tell you, you know, have faith, be bold, be strong, because that's exactly what Jesus tells us to do. Well, it's funny you bring that up because literally in that Acts chapter 5, even before Peter and them were arrested for preaching and healing and teaching in the temple, before that, Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, they sell some land to give to the apostles, but they keep back a portion a for, for themselves. themselves. Mm-hmm. And Peter asks them, he's like, you Did know, you do this? Did you do this? Yeah. And yeah, he did. And he said, Well, this isn't yours, it's God's. So why are you keeping God's portion for yourself? It's, you know, God gave it to you. Yeah. So therefore, it's not even yours. And dude dies on the spot. Yeah. Then he confronts his wife, and she dies on the spot spot when confronted. And, you know, oh, you're judgmental. It's like, really? Like, I'd love you enough to tell you that what you're doing is wrong, and uh, you should repent. Like, there's a better life for you, man, Mm -hmm. woman, whatever. (laughs) You know, like, there's there's better for And I'm not saying that I do it all perfect. Right. I'm not saying that I have it all together, because I don't. I'm, I'm... Broken too. Yeah, broken too. (laughs) We all need fixing. But that's the thing. If you buy in and you put your faith in God and believe that Jesus went to the grave and was raised on the third day, you're going to be raised too. Yeah. That's that simple. You know, and. So for those who need encouragement, you're not being judgmental. You're speaking the truth. I mean, there is 
a tone in a way that you can speak, you know, truth in love because that's what we're called to do. But you cannot speak just, oh, love, love, I love you and all the things that you're doing at the expense of truth because that's for sure <laughs> neither loving well, or truth. And, and this judgment thing is probably coming from this big abortion thing right now going yeah. on in the country. Oh, my gosh. And um, I'll just say it. I'm going to say it. This isn't judgmental. This is facts. You cannot yoke up with people who support abortion. I don't care what stage it is. Yeah. You can't yoke up with abortion. You can't yoke up with critical race theory. You can't yoke up with handing out crack pipes to people. You can't yoke up with any of that nonsense, climate change, anything like that, and say that you're a Bible-believing, born-again Christian. You can't do it. Uh-huh. It's in contradictory of the Word of God. And if you say that's judgmental, that's fine. I'll live with it. I'll answer for it if I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, show me in the Bible where I'm wrong. Right. But I don't promise just, you. Don't just, don't just CNN me to death. Yeah. Like. Don't just say that, oh, you're just you're too political or you do this or you know, you're just saying these hateful things. No, I'm not. You know how many instances there are in the Bible of people being punished severely for the killing of innocent children? Mm-hmm. There's a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're just way too political now. Politics should be involved in, in the Bible. Okay, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Noah's mom. The, the, the passage we just read on Moses tonight. Moses' mom. Mo, Moses' <laughs> mom. I mean, tons of there's people tons of examples yeah. of buckwild government telling Christians you can't do this, you and can't do that. Going against what God and, says. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. So many examples. So and Jesus himself. <laughs> Jesus himself. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, oh, and John the Baptist. Yeah. He called them serpents. Brood of vipers. You're a brood of vipers. You're all a bunch of snakes. Yeah. And they cut his head off for it. Yep. He called them out. So don't tell me that there shouldn't be any political views in the church or in anything in Christianity, because there absolutely should be a, you know, God is a God of nations. Okay. So whoever's in charge of this nation, if they start leading the people astray with the, you know, moral decline and all the other Crap evils ideology. and yeah, yeah the, the, the teaching in the schools and everything you can think of, if they start leading us astray, well, God's going to hold this nation accountable for that. Right. Okay. We'll be so judged. If you yoke up with those evil things, you're not of God. You're of the world. Yep. Okay, Absolutely. and Republicans, there's a lot of them that are the same. They're the same head of the, of the same. They're another head of the same snake, right? You know, like they're just as bad. Yeah, and, and for people who don't think that your your religious views have anything to do with politics, where do you get your moral values yeah, where do you to gauge, vote yeah, off yeah. of? Like you have, <laughs> that's yeah. where you get them from. Yeah, this no, it's, there's no debate. Morality comes from God. It comes from the Bible. Okay, and if you don't get your morals from that, then you're wrong. Well, then you're, you're, you're lost. <laughs> you're lost and you have no sense of logical thinking because this is the oldest. Yeah. Even atheists agree with the Ten Commandments. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you don't get your logic from the Bible or your um, morals. morals from the Bible, then you're just illogical and kind of crazy. But all of that, you know, your knowledge of the Bible and what you know, as far as morality of what's taught in God's word, you know, shapes the way you vote and, and who you you know, support yeah. and the things you support. The way you, you su- think, the way, yeah. And if you think abortion's okay, and if you think drugs are okay, and you think homosexuality and LGBTQ and gender dysphoria is okay, well, I got news for you. It's not. Mm-hmm. The Bible teaches against those things. Right. 
Against those sins. Against those sins. Y'all. <laughs> and oh, well, you sin. I do sin. But I don't live in my sin. That's I the difference. I repent of my sin. sin. Yeah. You can't tell me that you know, a person that is an active homosexual, oh, God, loves, God does love them. God loves them. But if they're born again, they'll lay down that bondage of homosexuality and be a new creature in Christ. Yep. And they'll turn away from that. They won't live in that sin. Oh, well, everyone sins. Everyone does sin, but you're not going to live in it if you're born again. Right. And you can't yoke with that. You can't, you can't tell me that you're born again and you support abortion, gender dysphoria, critical race theory, crazy climate change. I mean, think about climate change, guys, how silly it is. Mm-hmm. Like they're literally pricing us out of fuel, gas, and diesel, pricing us out of it. Raising up the cost to do anything with a motor vehicle, mm-hmm. you know. It's I mean, how many like things like brake pads and and uh, mufflers and any kind of automobile parts they're still on the ocean? Why? Yeah. Yep. Why? Yep. Because they don't want us driving, you know, combustible motorized vehicles because mm-hmm. it hurts the environment. Mm, come on. <laughs> you Have you ever seen the mining? For lithium? Yeah. Well, and if you believe in the Bible, and if you read a little bit of Revelation, you know that the earth's not going to fade away before God's work is finished. Like, you know we're not going to ruin the earth if you've read anything about Revelation. Right. Like, that's just hocus-pocus, man-made. Yeah, climate change in itself, people that are so obsessed with it, that is a religion in and of itself. It's a false idol. Yep. Mm -hmm. They're worshiping Mother Earth and not God. Yep. God created the earth. Oh, you're destroying the earth. No, we're not. Yeah. The, the the science is not there. Like, and I drive a diesel truck, okay? And my diesel truck is old enough where I don't have to have diesel exhaust fluid and it's deaf. I don't have a deaf system. But deaf has urea in it. Have you ever taken a good whiff of urea? Mm. It'll like knock you on your butt because it <laughs> smells so bad. And you're telling me that that stuff being pumped into the air is better than exactly. exhaust? Yeah. Expended diesel fuel or gasoline? No way. I can sit there and take a whiff of gasoline and be okay. You get down there and take a whiff of urea. It's going to knock you on your butt, man. This stuff is horrible. And you get it on your hands, man, it's nasty. Yeah. But these experts trying to price us out of fuel, trying to make it impossible to fix our, our vehicles. And then they want to raise incentives to companies to build electric cars. Right. That's why and you hear all the time, we're you, going electric by 2026, yeah, going electric right. by 2030. It, it's no more than just another False God that they're worshiping. An aspect of control, yeah. And yeah, and an aspect of control. Yeah. Anyways, that was a bit of a rant in the tangent, <laughs> but it, it all applies. It's all, it, you can all go back and, you know, you can find it in the Bible of, of where morality should be and, and how we ought to, uh, to, you know, not just vote, but just, you know, be. where our heads should be as far as putting leaders in positions to, to govern the country. And where we're at as a nation right now, I think I think it's really important that we keep in mind the end of all of this. You know, we've been studying a bit of revelation here lately. And, you know, it's kind of like we talked about, like, we are going to have to answer. We're going to be judged. I mean, we're going to be judged on our works. But, you, you know, if you have Jesus Christ, you will be in the book of life if he is your Lord and Savior. But we're going to be also judged on our works. And you're going to have to answer for every time if you have a homosexual friend and you didn't you didn't preach the word of God to him and, you know, call them out of that damnation. And same for every sin. Like if you if you walked into a store with your friend and they stole something, you are you going to sit idly by and just be like, oh, that's cool. Like, 
No, you call them out on that. So call out every sin because that's what we're called to do. And we will answer for when not only what we did, but what we didn't do. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where my, if I had anxiety or my conviction conviction, yeah, absolutely is, is is all those moments of different people and circumstances that I I had a chance to say something or I had a chance to, to plant a seed and I didn't because I was too big of a coward to say anything, but and the fearful good news. are the first to be cast into the lake yeah, of fire. Yeah, yep. Revelation 20, for the fearful are the first, the cowards are the first to be yep. cast into the lake of fire. Yep. So don't be fearful, guys. Don't be fearful. Be Keep brave. your boldness Yep. and stand tr- firm in the truth of God's word. Don't yoke with the culture. Don't yoke with these politicians in D.C. Don't even don't even listen to what they're saying. Go back to the Bible. Go back to the Bible. Go back to the Bible. Read your Bible. And, and anyone, if you can prove anything wrong that I'm saying, if I'm wrong, anything biblically, biblically, feel free to show me, yeah. and I'll repent. Yep. And I'll, you know, show me in the Bible. show me in the Bible where where we're wrong. Not but on CNN or I, Fox News or anything like that. Show <laughs> me in know, the Bible. Should politics be preached from the pulpit? Yes. A little bit. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be preached 100% of the time. It shouldn't be preached 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. But when you, it is necessary. It is necessary. Yeah, because especially you, in the days that ex- we're living. Yeah. 100 years ago? Probably not. Yeah. Probably be okay. Today, I think it's absolutely imperative that it gets preached on a little bit because it is so crazy some of the things are so crazy i mean we could get into all kinds of stuff with the the child sex trafficking and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. that's wrapped up in the gaggle of dc of these elitists and of hollywood mm-hmm. man it's it's a uh, it's very evil and it's mm-hmm. satan's got a grip on all those people and his fleet of demons have infiltrated and and he's prince of the world you know these people are demonically influenced to think any of this is is okay and you can't convince me otherwise. Right. So anyways, we, uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us as always. Sorry. It's been so long since we've had an episode. Um, like I said, we've been busy, but we're going to try to get back to it and keep coming out and, and yeah. speaking to you guys on a weekly basis. Like we had been. And so, we, um, uh, we do, if you want to go check out Jacob Long racing page, we do every week a verse of the week at the racetrack. We have Bible verses all over his race car and we trying to kind of, dive a little bit into each verse each week. So you can check that out for more Bible scripture exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, what I'm trying to do with that, it's, it, it's not really like a ministry, but it's just, um, I just, I wanted to find a way in one of my hobbies that I do to really showcase the glory of God and how you're and, able to and do how, that. Hobby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, so this year I decided to run the number three, lowercase in number one so it'd be like three and one like father son holy spirit yeah and then we've uh covered the whole deck lid of um scriptures yeah. different verses that really speak to me and we try to just give god all the glory you know well in, because in that we do. If, if you don't you're in danger of making that hobby or something an idol and that's absolutely not something we want to do but yeah i don't want i don't want that to take me away from god's word right. and absolutely. his presence you know I want, I want it to bring me closer to it so um, yeah, we're just trying to spread, spread good news and just, yeah. um, go in the flow, you know? So <laughs> anyways, I'll, uh, I'll pray for us, I guess, and we can close out. Okay. Um, Father God, we just want to thank you, uh, for this platform. We want to thank you for your word, most importantly, and the truth of the Bible. 
I thank you for my wife and for my kids and everyone listening online. I pray that you bless them and let these words um, hit them and let them meditate on this and and go back to your word and dive deeper into what we were talking about today and even more, God, to help all of us have deeper understanding and to grow closer to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thank you for all that you're doing in, in our midst. And I pray that you continue to, to bless my family and to bless each and every person listening online here. Um, and so just, just thank you. Lord. And I pray all this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a good week, everybody. Yep. See you guys.